everyone. Welcome to today's Mint Door podcast episode. We are thrilled to have you join us as we explore two simple yet powerful questions with our special guest today, Dr. Sanj. Today, we will delve into the mind and experience of our guest as we ask her to share her unique perspective on two fundamental questions. Now, these questions aim to provide our listeners with valuable insight and guidance from someone who has achieved success and recognition in their industry. Whether you're just starting in your career or you're a seasoned member of the dental industry, we're sure Dr. Sanj's perspectives and advice will undoubtedly provide valuable insights and inspiration for you. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to gain valuable perspective as we dive into these two simple but powerful questions with Dr. Sand. So Dr. Sand is a general dentist who believes in whole person success and well-being. As a dental professional practicing in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, she graduated from the University of Toronto Faculty of Dentistry in 1999 and has been proudly helping her community ever since. Get to know more about Dr. Sanj and hear her inspiring story of friendship, connection, involvement, and volunteering while taking care of children and seniors in government dental programs. She does all of this while also being a busy mother of two and a dog mom. Join the conversation today as we head in to the Mint Door Podcast. So hi, Dr. Sanj, and we want to welcome you uh, into the Mint Door Podcast today. It's lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Karen and Laura, and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. Okay, so we're we're so excited to have you here, so we're going to dive right in to ask you our first question. And we want to know, over the course of your career, what insecurities have you hidden behind the professional mask that you wear at work? Okay, that is a great question. So I have an insecurity, I feel like I'm not the best dentist, because in dental school, dental school wasn't my first dream. My dream was to become a university professor, I got into it last minute. And when I got in, I was like, I don't really think this is for me. And so I wasn't really doing well in school, during second year in preclinic, I failed and I had to do like remediation. And so when I became a dentist, I always felt like I'm just a mediocre dentist. Like what's so special about me? And so that's probably why I chose the path I did, which is like go into public health, which where people need you the most and they just need basic urgent care. And it's probably why I decided to excel in other things like writing, organizing, speaking, leadership, because it kind of masked the fact that, hey, I'm not going to excel at dentistry, but there are other things that I could excel at. How did, how did, like, in that moment when you're a newly qualified dentist, that you didn't feel like you were a good dentist, how did that impact your day to day? I didn't enjoy dentistry at all. So for the first three, I worked in private practice and I, didn't feel like I was making an impact. Um, practicing in the Toronto area, they're, they're saturated with dentists. When I used to go to work, I used to look at my patients and think, why Why are they coming to see me? There are dentists across the street. I'm not the best dentist. I hardly have any experience. 
I just, I just didn't feel good enough for my patients and I want to quit. I was looking at other fields in healthcare or in teaching. And then it was when my, so my father, when I was 29 years old, my father got really sick. He was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And about a month after his diagnosis, I became pregnant for the first time. So it was like quite a unique situation where my, while my daughter, while my dad was dying on one side, my son was growing inside me. And I was hoping the reason why I got pregnant was because I was trying to give my dad a reason to live. Mm -hmm. And it was so unfortunate that my dad died when I was seven months pregnant. So he never got to see his first grandchild. Mm -hmm. So when my son was born, I wasn't even happy because I was so miserable for my profession and I was just muting all of my emotions. So Mm -hmm. I was like numb. So when my dad died, I didn't cry. When my son was born, I didn't smile. Mm -hmm. And and then I thought, you know, I owe everything to my son. If I'm not happy, he's not gonna be happy. I thought you have no choice in the way you die, but you have a choice in the way you live. Mm -hmm. And that's when I thought, I'm going to embody all the things I really enjoyed before I got into dental school, like teaching and community service. And I started doing that, but within dentistry. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, you're I, welcome. That's um that had to have been a really challenging time for you with all of that going on yeah. at the same time. And it's so wonderful to see how you alchemized that into something better. Oh, I love that word. Yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and I love my profession now. I can't even believe I thought of quitting. I can't think of doing anything else. Yeah. So tell us how you feel if you look back now, hindsight's 2020, right? How do you feel those insecurities that you hid behind your mask have shaped? who you are and what you do and how you live today? Oh, great question. I feel like I'm in therapy session with everyone. (laughs) Okay. So I feel that your insecurities kind of stay with you. Mm -hmm. So for example, I was a chubby kid. I still view myself as a chubby person. And because I thought of myself as someone who shouldn't be in dental school, not a great dentist, I still feel like that. So I think that's why I push myself so much in the other avenues of dentistry so that my peers think of me as a leader in the profession, even Mm. though clinically, I'm just doing very basic things. Mm. So I got into, like, I'm doing so many things. Like I started the new dentist study club. I'm the chair of the Ontario Dental Association's community services committee. I'm on the advocacy committee for the Canadian Dental Association. I am on the board of Filling the Gap Dental Outreach, which is a dental charity. I'm the board secretary. I also speak. I also write. I'm on the editorial board for the Ontario Dentalist Journal. Plus, I have two kids and a dog and lots of friendships that I love. So it's just so much. But on top of I'm look, look at me, I'm listing all of that first. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm also a clinical dentist and I work four days a week in a publicly funded dental clinic (laughs) so I'm putting that last because to me I'm like well that's that's the least of my strengths Mm -hmm. because so many people 
are so much better in clinical dentistry. As you're talking like that, and it just makes me think, you are obviously an incredible woman within dentistry mm-hmm. and everything that you do. But I don't know, would you, and I'm going to go completely off our script here, Laura, but would you allow us to help you reframe oh, how you yes. could be a great dentist and yes. not the dentist that you think you are? Because I, yes. I would challenge it that you are not the dentist you think you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I need help. Please help me. <laughs> Shall we do it, Laura? I welcome it. it. Okay. So, Laura, why don't you start off, see if we can get Sanj into this place of believing she is the great dentist. All right. So what would it feel like to you to wake up every day and think, I am a great dentist? I would love that. I would. Mean- it would push me towards, you know, advancing my skills and, you know, I'd feel much more comfortable and confident doing dentistry. So, I, and, you know, I would probably say first, I'm a clinical dentist and then list all of my hobbies. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty, that's a nice way to summarize it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. And as you see it currently, what gets in the way of you feeling like that? You mean you've explained about the history behind it, but is there anything current day to day that gets in the way of you feeling that way? Probably because I work at a publicly funded dental clinic. So we're limited to the procedures we can do because we can only do procedures that are covered in the government fee schedule. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even if I wanted to advance my skills, there'd be no point because I can't do those procedures. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about working in a publicly funded dental clinic is I get to focus on being very compassionate mm-hmm. because our patients have other needs besides dental needs. So I focus on making them feel important. I feel like that's my most important job because oftentimes people who are in public dental programs have not been treated well, you know, are very, are struggling in so many different ways. And if they can have even just one appointment with someone where they feel valued, then I've done much more than just doing a filling. <laughs> so when you get those moments where you feel that I'm I'm not good at dentistry. Um, it's not my strength. Um, if you reflect back on what you just said, that you bring compassion, you help your patients feel like they're important and that they are valuable. Mm-hmm. What could you say to yourself when you get those twinges of, I'm not the best dentist? I should be saying to myself, well, I am the best dentist because dentistry doesn't just involve the drill. It involves (laughs) the heart. We can do so many things with our hands, but sometimes the best thing you can do with your hand is to hold someone else's. That's. I'm pleased we're recording this 
<laughs> that's because that's like your magic words. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, oh, how you. does that feel? To to would would that feel good for you to to think that when you get those twinges of of doubt, those twinges of I'm not the best dentist. Yeah, it does because dentistry is much more than just the tooth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not the, just the hole in the tooth. It's the whole person. Mm-hmm. Yay. All right. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> We've turned you into believing you are the best dentist. Quite rightly. Oh, thank you. Quite rightly. Uh, I'm going to get a t-shirt with it. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Well, and honestly, you know, if if I were to pick a dentist, I would want a dentist just like you that made me feel oh. valuable, that made me feel heard, that I felt was being compassionate with me. So I would pick you. Oh, thank <laughs> you, Laura. Yeah. I really appreciate the support from both of you. Awesome. Oh. Yay. Well, we, we appreciate you being open to doing that little uh, unprompted uh, exercise with us. Yeah. Um, you mentioned when you talk, Sanj, that you work in the public health sector mm-hmm. and you're very passionate about giving back and community. Explain a little bit about that to us, about how you incorporate that into your busy life. Yeah, actually, my favorite part of dental school was going to the public dental clinics. And that is because that's where you can make the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. The public dental clinics that we were, we did our rotations in dental school had children. And, you know, oftentimes they're new to Canada. Oftentimes I was their first dentist. It was their first dental appointment. And so you can make an impact on making sure that the patients feel that it's a trusted environment and they can trust you. And, you know, teaching those habits that they can incorporate into their daily schedule every day so they can have preventive dentistry which is going to prevent operative dentistry Mm -hmm. so you i find that in public dental clinics the people are so keen they want to take care of themselves they just need someone to take the time to incorporate these healthy habits into their life Mm -hmm. that's fantastic and and I love too how you you love to give back to new dentists. So mm-hmm. tell us about your new dentist study club and um, a little bit about how that started and what it's like. Yeah. So the way it started is that my friend, who's a dentist in Alberta, Dr. Neki Jamal, uh, phoned me and he said that he knows a young dentist who's really struggling in dentistry, and mm-hmm. he'd like me to meet him to help him. And it reminded me of how I was struggling in my early career. So I met him for lunch and he said, you know, a lot of dentists are struggling, but no one's talking about it. And I said, well, let's do it then. Let's start talking about it. So I started the new dentist study club. It took off like we, it exceeded my expectations. So we meet once a month in Toronto. We talk about clinical management practice management but we also talk about emotional management Mm -hmm. so positive self-talk you know how to overcome you know tough situations how to make the patient happy how to make yourself happy and how to enjoy dentistry Mm 
Mm-hmm. Because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through where I didn't enjoy going to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm so we created a community. That was the most important thing. I really wish when you describe how you support those new dentists that there had been something like that 20 however many years ago when I was a newly qualified dentist because I felt all those things Mm -hmm. and it feels lonely so so. yeah I was about to that was the word lonely you go from being Mm -hmm. in dental school where you're surrounded by all of your buddies in your class and all of a sudden you're alone and you're expected to know everything Mm -hmm. and you know, for example, there was a member in my club last week who texted me and said, um, I did an extraction and didn't go well. I feel defeated. I feel mm-hmm. like a bad dentist. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm going to call you in 10 minutes. And we talked it out. And I said to him, kind of like what you said to me, I said, never call yourself a bad dentist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, you know, situations don't go as you planned. I said that you can never control hundred percent of the dentistry, but you can control a hundred percent of how you treat the patients. Mm -hmm. So I said, make sure the patient's taken care of, phone your patient. And I said, your patient's going to remember that you phoned them that evening and checked on them to see how they're doing. And they're going to totally forget about the fact that you left a broken root tip in there. Mm -hmm. Such a good mentor. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. How, how valuable to um, for them to know that they have that resource in you and probably the other the dentists that they meet through this this group. And uh, again, just letting like you said, Karen, just letting them know that they're not alone, that feeling of yes. alone. They're not alone. Mm-hmm. So, so that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, I'm so pleased that we've had this chance to visit with you and um, thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing, uh, you know, but a little behind the mask of your life. And also thank you for all you do because, um, you have impacted many, many lives with, with what you do. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for giving me the space to feel open enough to share my story. Yeah. Awesome. And if anyone's interested in what you do, or um, maybe in reading some of the articles that you've re- uh, written, or joining the New Dentist Study Club, how how can they find you and learn more about you? I think the easiest way is to send me a DM on Instagram. It's at Dr. Sanj Mohanta. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. And we'll make sure we have that link in our show notes below. So if you are um, listening or watching, just check the link out below. Fantastic. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. I hope our listeners that you found some encouragement from Dr. Sanj today. (laughs) And just know that we adore you. So we will be back with another episode of the Mint Door podcast soon. Thank you so much, Dr. Sanj. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Karen. I adore you too. Thank you for all, to all the listeners. <laughs> awesome. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.